Hello, everyone. Happy to see everyone and uh, just blessed to be here again and to have the opportunity again to, to share the Word of God, be able to be at my church and with my brothers and sisters. Um, thank you for being here tonight again. And uh, just uh, being grateful also that uh, we have, uh, that we are alive, right? And that we have health to be here. There's many people that want to be here, but for one reason or the other, they cannot be here. You know, and uh, I remember once when, uh, when I was, uh, my wife was sick many years ago, and I wanted to go to church, but I couldn't go because she was sick and my kids were uh, very little, so I had to stay with them. So it's just a blessing to be here at church. If you can look... Uh, in the Bible, your Bible, the book of Esther, place we're going to, my, my sermon is going to be there. So Christmas is my favorite time um, of the year, but it goes by very quick. I hope you guys receive nice presents. I received some nice presents, and I thank God for that as well. Just being healthy, as I said before, and have the opportunity to share with my family, my church family and friends, is a huge blessing. To have the opportunity to serve the Lord is awesome. Some presents are just right what you were expecting to get. Some people are just very detailed. They hear or see people's needs and if they would give you a present and if they can afford it, they would give you just what, they, what you wanted. I love presents and I love birthdays too. I don't know if you love birthdays too, but I love birthdays too. I remember years ago when in one of my birthdays I woke up that morning and no one told me anything. My wife did not say a word. My kids did not say anything. And I felt sad. No one seemed to remember my birth date. That day I had planned some events at my church. Uh, and God had something very special for me that day. I went to two or three events. I remember two or three events. And on each one of those events, the leader asked who was having a birthday that day. So my birthday was celebrated with songs and delicious cakes three times. I was impressed by God. I was really, really impressed. It was not a coincidence. It was a present from God just to show me that He cares about details. He cares about every detail in my life and in your life as well. Do you really, but let, let me ask you something. Do you really believe that God considers not only the big events in our lives, but also the small ones? Many of you know this already, but uh, do you believe it deep down and trust Him as well? Believe in that? If yes, then great. This is just a reminder that He does. And if not, then you need to know that God is in control of the big things and also the small details in your life. My story about my birthday was just a little insignificant story. But in the Bible, we can see God working at all times. And many times, He works in the background, without letting us know, without even giving us a sense that he's doing something. However, we should remain faithful, and we should trust him every step in the way of our lives. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. My sermon tonight is about, and is based on the book of Esther. The book of Esther just to give you some background, the book of Esther was written between 350 and 450 B.C. On this book, the Jewish nation commemorates the Feast of Purim. It celebrates the deliverance of the Jewish nation 
by God in a very difficult situation. In this book, we see that the king seems to have all the power to decide the destiny of the Jewish nation. But we see there that ultimately God is in control. And what seemed to be a horrible and bad situation, God turned it to be good, a good thing to protect and guide his people. The characters, the characters in this book are Mordecai. If you have read this before, you kind of, you probably are familiar with this, but the characters in this book are Mordecai, who was Esther's cousin, who took her as his own daughter after her parents died. Esther, who became then queen, and then Haman and the king. Um, it is a true story, and in this true story, we see the hand of God working in the background for his people. We see the struggles of God's people, and at the same time, we see faithful people, faithful believers, believing and trusting in God. I'm going to read from chapter 6, so look for Esther, chapter 6. I'm going to keep giving you some background so we can take it from chapter 6. And so you know what's going on in this story and in this book. So King Ahasuerus, king of Persia, during his reign, there was an, a, a, a guy named Haman. He was serving the king and he wanted to be honored and respected, respected as the second in command in the kingdom. He wanted everybody to bow down to him and show respect. Mordecai was a Hebrew who wanted to worship only God. So he didn't bow down to Haman. And due to that, Haman hated him, his family, and not only that, but he also hated the Hebrews. Esther was Mordecai's cousin who became queen. The king didn't know that she was a Hebrew. She was beautiful, and the king was very pleased with her. Haman decided to destroy the Hebrews because of Mordecai. And make a decree, he made a decree that God signed by the king and sent it to the entire kingdom to kill all Hebrews around in the country. Esther, who was queen, already at that time, met with the king and Haman the first time in a very special dinner. She wanted to have the opportunity to let the king know what was, what was happening. Then she had invited the, the king and Haman for a second special meal. Um, to tell him about Haman's plans against her and her people, the Jewish. Due to the invitation, Haman felt that he was very special, not only to the king, um, due to this invitation, but not only to the king, but also to the queen. And that night, before the second appointment with the queen, the king could not sleep well. The story goes like this on chapter 6, if you go with me, please. Here we can see how God works in the details for his people. If you could, let's stand for the reading of the word of God on chapter 6 of the book of Esther. So if you can go with me please, Esther chapter 6, starting on verse 1, and we're going to read through uh, verse 10. Do we have it, amen? Yes. Esther 6 verse 1 says, And that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bictana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity had been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the, king, the king's servant, 
that ministered unto him, there is nothing done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was into the outward of the court of kings of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. Verse 5. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman is standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to honor more than to myself? And verse 7, And Haman answered the king, For the man who the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought which the king used to wear, and the horse that the king rided upon, the crown, the, uh, the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let his apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of the one the king's most noble pri- uh, princes, that they may array the men with the whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse, and as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew, that seated at the king's gate, let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, thank you again for the opportunity that we have to be here at church tonight. Thank you for your word that teaches us every, all the time, every, many different details. For us to learn and to apply in our lives. I pray for this sermon and for your word. Guide me, Father. I can't do this alone. Not even here, not even in the Spanish ministry. When I, I preach your word, I just want you to guide me. I want you to um, uh, talk to your people, Heavenly Father. I put this sermon in your minds. In Jesus', um, in Jesus hand I pray. Amen. You can see. Thank you. We're going to see just three points. In this sermon, and the first one is our pride. If we go back to Esther 6 and read again carefully, it says, So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, pay attention to this, to, in his heart, to whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king used to wear, and the horse that the king rided upon, and the crown royal which he set upon his head. And let his apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man who the king delighted to honor. How big is our pride? Can you see there? How big is, there, is our pride? The, the passages that we just read show that our pride is big. We all struggle with it. Some people more than others, but we all struggle with it. We all know that this is not the best skill to have in the kingdom of God. Every time I interact with people in different circumstances, I notice huge pride in, in the people Including me. Including me. My own pride. And I really don't like it. I know that God is still working with me in this. 
And I know he is working with every single one of his children. Haman's pride, as we could see, was so big. His pride was so big that he started also hating people. He was not only proud of himself, but he also started hating people. Then he planned to kill people. You see? You see how it goes? And not only one person or two people, he wanted to kill an entire nation. He wanted to disappear the Hebrews and the Jews. Now, how many times we speak to someone and we think less of that person? Think about it. How many times we treat somebody different just because they, the way they look maybe? Just because the way they speak or any other differences you may encounter in other people? Why is it so difficult? Let me ask you something. Why is it so difficult to be humble? Why is it so difficult to humble ourselves entirely to God? And to serve all the people and God with our heart and not to our own benefit or interest. We always want to be first in everything. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be competitive. Actually, I am competitive. I'd like to win when I am playing a game or something here at church. I want to do my best to win. Um, I'm not saying that that is wrong. I'm just talking about the pride that is within us. The pride that so many times gets us into trouble. We want to be first. and We want to think about ourselves first. And we want to be honored as well as Haman wanted to be honored. People don't want to be humble to other people. Husbands don't want to be humble to God and serve Him. People refuse to follow rules. Wives refuse to humble to their husband and serve Him. Children refuse to follow and humble to their parents. Everybody wants to do their own. They want to do what they think is best. And know what God says is best for each person. Don't forget that in the kingdom of God, things work in a different way. Being humble is considered a higher skill in the kingdom of God. It's not, um, it's not being weak. Look at Matthew 20, chapter 20, verse 26. Matthew 20, verse 26 says, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever... But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life in ransom for many. We constantly see broken families. It's just normal right now. Nowadays, everywhere we go, we see broken families. Broken relationships due to differences that started and, and kept growing due to someone's pride. The pride is so bad and so evil that in the Old Testament, God commanded to kill the person and to remove evil from his people. I don't know if you read that before. And this is kind of, you know, when I read this, when I was preparing for the sermon, I read this and God reminded me that, yeah, being proud... And, and just thinking about ourselves is, is bad. You know, read with me De- Deuteronomy 17.12. Deuteronomy 17.12. Deuteronomy 17.12 says, And the man that will do presumptuously, I will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister 
there before the Lord thy God, or unto the judge, even that man shall die. You see that? Even that man shall die, and thou shalt put away the evil from Israel. Can you see that? It's, 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 something, it's something that God doesn't like at all. We have heard also that God lift the humble. We know this already, but many people, even at church, even my own brothers and sisters here, don't put this into practice. We need to be reminded that being humble, being humble is not being weak. Actually, actually being humble is being strong. Because you would be controlling your body. Your thoughts, and not only that, but also your actions. Philippians 2, verse 3 says, If you're with me, please say Amen. Philippians 2, 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better, what he says, better than themselves. Look not to every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see that? We have to still work um, in this, each one of us, you know, we are in different levels. And as I said before, um, we are all in different stages in our lives. But God is working with each one of us with this situation. That gets us into trouble, not only personally, but in our house. You know, with our kids, with our wife or husband, in case of women. In, at, at work, you know, there's a lot of supervisors or uh, you know, I have a business here, and, and every time I hire somebody and I say, listen, you're going to be a manager, they, start, they always start acting differently. They start acting just differently. They just are like, but what happened? He was working, he was a nice person, and now he's not. So what's going on with that, you know? And, and actually, when I started hiring um, other people, I just changed the title of the ad. I put now, like, uh, hiring for a secretary, you know? Because, because if I put, like, hiring for a manager... Then they come and they go, I'm a manager. Then they treat everybody else differently. Our pride gets in our way all the time. Point number two. God in the details. God in the details. And that's the, actually the theme of this sermon. God in the details. So many times we worry about many things in our lives. We are flesh and we are weak. And when we are passing through difficult situations in our lives, our faith Faints. He's not very strong for some reason, but God, remain, God remains faithful. God, the Almighty God, is the same forever. And His promises are truth forever. He's always working for our good. He's always, he's always, His ways are always better than our ways. And He is always working for our good. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. He answers our prayers, even when we don't hear Him back. Even when we don't see anything, you know, like anything different out of the ordinary in our lives. He's still working in our favor. If we ask Him and put our trust in Him, He will answer. We were listening to different testimonies, and, and, and I just really, I, I like and I enjoy those times, because that encourages us to keep going in our Christian life. Because the reality is that he answers our prayers. I was listening to Brother Andres 
you know, he's, the, the, I remember when he was saying, uh, help us pray because we want a son, we want a daughter, we want a, a family member. And they were just praying and praying. And you see now, they're going to have their first child in a few months. That's an answer from God. And not even that, but they were asking, they wanted to have a bigger house. And God gave them not only uh, just a little bigger house, it's just a much bigger house. You know, so God also, He always answers our prayers, you know, even, and He always gives us more than what we ask. Always more. So, He's always working in our favor. Look, look at Psalm 37, 5 says, Psalm 37, 5. Psalm 37, 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. But then the second part says, Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. So you see these two parts here, commit thy ways. It's not only praying about that situation. It's not only praying about that, uh, maybe worry. It's not only praying about that, but then He says, uh, trust also. Trust also in Him. So you pray and then you trust that He's going to answer, that He's going to deliver, that He's going to give you the right answer for that um, uh, what you are asking him. In our story, the king could not sleep. You saw that first passage there? He was thinking and thinking. Maybe this happened to you at one point. Sometimes you go to sleep and you're like, hey, why am I not able to sleep? You know, sometimes, and when I was preparing this, I said, well, sometimes God wants us to just go and pray. You know, and pray and talk to him and say, hey, I'm just passing through this situation. What do you want me to do? Sometimes there's, for, for no reason, we cannot sleep. I don't know if it happened to you, but sometimes it happened to me. And what I start doing is like you start praying. And as soon as you start praying, then you fall asleep. Like 10 minutes later. So it's like a pill. You know, it's like, you don't even need those pills to go to sleep. You start praying, and then you boom, you go to sleep like that. And if that doesn't work, well, you know what you got to do? You got to just have your Bible next to you. Start, start reading the Bible, and then you go like, boom. You just like that. You know, you don't need, you don't need pills. That's all, that's all you got to do. Um, so in our story, the king could not sleep. So he had to stand up and check what had happened with the guy that helped him with his enemies. So Mordecai trusted the Lord. He told Esther uh, a few chapters before, before chapter 6, he told Esther that uh, she uh, would need to help us, I mean help him in, in that situation that they were having. And if she didn't want to do it, God was going to use something else to help him. Then God would still help his people in another way. So Mordecai was somebody that believed in God. But not only believed in God, but also trusted Him. Mordecai trusted and waited on the Lord. And God was working to help him and his people. He was certain about it. And he was just waiting for Him. And God wants us to also be like that. Not only trust in Him, but believe that He's going to do it. He is going to do it. Esther chapter 6 verse 1 says, On that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of the records of the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. I bet that after he was uh, listening to this, probably he went to sleep in peace, right? So, <laughs> in peace. Esther chapter 6, verse 10 says, Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the pearl and the horse, as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew, that seated at the king's gate, let nothing fail to all that thou hast spoken. 
If you remain faithful, you're going to see the blessings of God. Even when we go through so many struggles and things, God is always faithful and He's going to answer and He's going to give us surprises. I was mentioning about my birthday because you know what? I thought nobody was going to remember my birthday. You know, I thought, and I, for me, birthday is the big thing. You know, I mean, for some, my wife says, eh, I don't care. If you want me to go, if you want me to go, if you want me to take me out for dinner, that's fine. If not, just stay home. I don't care. She doesn't want to know, you know, how many years it's going to be. You know, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't care. I just, I just don't care. But uh, anyway, my, my wife doesn't care, uh, you know, about birthdays, but I do. So you see the details of God. He had something plan to show me that he is into the details. Into the details. The story um, encourages that no matter what's happening in our lives, if we trust in God, we must be certain that God is working for our good and to our favor. We should trust God. We need to trust more in God, God's power and guidance. On, on John, First uh, John chapter, chapter 5, verse 14 we can read the following. First John chapter 5, verse 14. The Bible says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And also in Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen, the Bible says this. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall straighten thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So how many times the word wait? And when the Bible repeats wait, is wait. I don't like to wait too much. And sometimes I tell God, hey, uh, you got me waiting too much. But I have to, I have to just keep waiting. Just give me the strength to wait and wait and wait. But it's good to wait in the Lord because He's going to answer in our favor. And even, we, even when we don't see or we don't like the, the answer or the outcome, is the best for us. Is the best for us. So Haman hated the Hebrews. Mordecai, having almost everything against him, being a godly man, he trusted more than the circumstances that he could see. And God worked every single detail in his favor. Mordecai not only trusted in God, but also believed in what he said was best for him, and more, even more than the circumstances that he were having now. If you can see that, if you have read the book of Esther, you see many things that were happening to Mordecai and his his family and Esther, and like everything was like against them, everything. This person that was the the second in command in the kingdom, this person wanted to kill everybody. And he signed this decree. So they were just waiting for the day to come and kill everybody. Every Hebrew. So everything was like against, against these people. And he remained faithful. For I don't know what's going on in your life. But you know, when I was preparing this, God put in my heart uh, to, to teach about this. To give the sermon about this. But no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what you're seeing. And, and even in, 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 you know, our health is very important. Sometimes people... Go to the doctor, and the doctor says, "This is what's happening to you. Is happening to you, and you're gonna. This is, uh, you know, I don't know. I, my my pastor in Costa Rica, he was told that he was going to have one month of life. He had uh, he had cancer, so and he went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "You have one month." 
You know, he was 25 or something at that time. Now he's 78. You know? So you see, and then his wife, his wife said even, it was a, even worse news. His, I remember he told me, his, he, then like a year later, his wife was also diagnosed with cancer. Like, and they said, well, you are like, you, you have like 15 days. You know, it was like, and then she died when she was like 75. And they were like 20 some, you know. So you see, who's, who's in control? I don't know what the circumstances are in, you, in your situation or my situation. God told me through this sermon also to wait and to trust him. To be faithful to him because he's going to answer. He's going to answer. God works in the details of our lives. Please don't think for a second. Please don't think for a second that God does not care. Please don't stop praying and asking God. Because for that, what you are being praying for that, he's going to answer because he cares. He loves you and he wants the best for you as good as a perfect as a father. And if God does not let you have it, it's because it's not good for you now. Maybe He's going to give it to you later, but not now for some reason. He wants us to grow. He wants us to trust more in Him. You know, sometimes when, I don't know if it happens to you, but when I have been able to save some money, I have some money on the side, okay, I have money to pay my rent next month. So I kind of like, I'm happy. But if I don't have any money in the bank, then I'm all stressed out. But God wants us to trust in God because He can... If we don't have any money, for example, in the bank, He's going to provide. Even the day before you have to pay. If you don't have anything to eat or anything like that or whatever, or if you think that you, nobody loves you or stuff like that, then all of a sudden you're going to have a visit or something. God is going to give you an answer and a good answer to you. So keep praying. Keep being faithful because God is going to answer. He's just still working on our personalities and our characters. Number one was our pride. Number two was God in the details. And then the third one to finish is God's love. God's love. The Bible is called a, a love of letter from God to his children. Even from God to the world. And this story is not different. God showed us his love at all times. In this story, God saved his people in a mighty way. And God left these stories in the Bible to show us that he could do the same for us if we let him guide our lives. But not only just saying yes to Him to guide your life or my life, but actually trusting in Him to our lives. Let, please let God guide your life. Esther chapter 6 verse 10 says, Then the king said to him, and make haste. You see the answer of God. The answer to God then the king said to Haman, Make haste, run, move, move, and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that seated at the king's gate. And then he said, Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. As I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon about my birthday celebration, it is just a simple, very, very simple thing. It is a thing that, that only concerns to, concerns to me. Uh, it's very insignificant for most people. But God still works in the details. So He shows us His love towards us, even in the very little details. Never think that God doesn't care about that little thing that you're asking Him for. Just ask Him. Ask him, tell him, and he's going to let, let you know. He's going to show 
you his power and he can answer to you in a mighty way as well. He is the same yesterday, now and forever. Forever. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, what? Christ died for us. And 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says, Behold, it's beautiful, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. I don't know what's going on as I said in your life. I don't know the details. I don't know if you're missing somebody this season. I don't know your struggles this season. But one thing I can tell you, which is certain. God is with you in every single detail. Rest on the Lord. Trust in God because He's working in the background. Every detail. Even when you say, where is God? Maybe you say that in your mind. Does He really care about my situation? Or maybe... You think your situation is just a very simple and silly thing that only concerns to you alone, but God cares for you. God cares for us. He wants you to rest in Him. Matthew eleven twenty nine. I'm almost done here. Matthew 11, verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest Unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. The best place. The best place where you can be. The best place where I can be. Is in God's hands. The best thing we can do in this life. Is to follow God. And his purpose. And his purpose for each one of us. He has a plan for each one of us. His plan is perfect. And is good. There is nothing else more valuable than following God in our lives. Let Him truly guide you and your family. Psalm 121, verse 1. One of my favorite psalms. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made what? Heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy food to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forever more. God's love. I pray that each one of us at this church um, make the decision to follow God more than what we're doing right now. Even even when the circumstances are not the best, still keep following and doing God's will. Growing in in, in the knowledge of the highest God who will direct our path in the right direction. I wish you all the best 2024, the best year ever for you. Keep being faithful to God and His church. God bless you all. Let's pray to finish. Let's pray to finish.